0: Well, hey there, and welcome to Live It Out, a podcast here at Centenary Church in Lexington, Kentucky, about faith and the 21st century. What does it mean to live as followers of Christ in a post-Christian society today? Each week, we're going to have the amazing opportunity to talk with people across the globe who are committed to walking through this life with Jesus and hear their thoughts and experiences of the Christian life in an ever-changing and hurting world. We hope that this encourages you and helps you in any way. So, without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into this week's episode.
1: Welcome to Live It Out. I'm James Williams, and I'm excited that you've joined us again today. We appreciate our podcast community so much. We get together monthly just to talk to leaders from all over the world, really, uh, that are leading in Christian community and doing exciting things in the work of the church and parachurch ministries. And I just appreciate so much coming together with uh, all of you who are so supportive. Let me thank you, too. We. We are seeing more and more downloads, and our podcast community is growing, and I appreciate you. If you're a new listener, keep listening. Be sure to hit the subscribe button. We'll let you know when new podcasts come out. And today, I have not only a very good friend of mine, but someone that I admire so greatly who is in ministry here in Lexington and especially the downtown community. Laura Gallagher is the executive director of Common Good, and it's located in downtown Lexington, and they are doing amazing ministry within that community. And uh, one of the things that I love about this ministry is that they don't do ministry from the office, but they actually live life with people. And that's probably the basic way that they actually do ministry. And that's a lot like Jesus. So I'm excited about talking to her today. Laura, welcome to Live It Out.
0: Thanks, James. It's good to be here.
1: It's good to have you with us. You know, I was thinking this past week about talking to you and I have had some often on history with Common Good and you all are located in Embrace Church actually downtown where your husband John is yes. the lead pastor there and uh, Common Good really started as an idea just to do outreach ministry in that area. And it's kind of grown from there. Can you start there and and walk us through a little bit what's happened?
0: Sure. Um, I actually have been reflecting a lot lately on our history because we're celebrating 10 years uh, this year. Uh, We started in 2012 but we had been in the neighborhood for five years before that. And so Common Good, really, the idea of it kind of came out of doing youth ministry in the neighborhood and seeing that kids and young people were growing spiritually, but it wasn't necessarily translating to other parts of their life. So it wasn't translating to you know, having a safe place to be in the neighborhood or kind of positive relationships with peers, good grades, um, opportunities for vocational and educational kind of growth. And so we believe that the gospel is holistic, that God does care about our spirit, but he cares about all the other things that we care about as humans for fulfillment, for joy, um, for peace. And so the idea kind of started brewing that what we were doing was good, that it could be better and that it could be more holistic. So, yeah, over the past 10 years, we've been figuring out what that looks like. Um, We've been figuring out what the assets are in the community that we can build off of, what's already there that's good and vibrant, and then also where are their needs um, for growth, where are their needs for opportunity. So it's been really exciting. Um, It's been a short 10 years in some ways, and it's been a long 10 years in other ways.
1: Sure. And what what is a typical day at Common Good? You know, I know so many folks who volunteer, and it really does – change their hearts and lives. When I have conversations with people, and as you might imagine, I talk to a lot of people who volunteer with a lot of things in this community. But folks who volunteer at Common Good really seem to have this impact that's unique. And what is a typical day that a volunteer is involved with mm-hmm. at, at, at Common Good?
0: That's a good question. So we run programs during the school year from 2.30 to 6. Um, in the summer, it's from 1 to 5 p.m. And so a volunteer, uh, most of them are there for a good chunk of time. So we share a meal together with students. Um, for the younger students, we play outside on the playground. We do homework help. Um, we have club times where we explore uh, subjects like art and gardening, um, cooking, Bible study. So really, we call our volunteers mentors because at the heart of um – kind of their work in our program, it's mentoring students. It's just being a positive adult who's going to show up. And some of our students have that at home. They may have family members, parents, siblings who are kind of stable in their lives, but other students maybe don't have that or need more of that in their life. And I'll be honest, most people could use more of that. Most kids can use more adults who are pouring into them and loving, and loving them and, and seeing good in them. Um, so that's kind of a typical day. It's pretty fun. We get uh, time to play. We get time to kind of work on um, educational goals. Um, we get time to explore new things together. Um, it is hard for some people who work full-time to kind of do that full commitment from 2.30 to 6. So we do have some volunteers who come in a little bit later who maybe have a more traditional work schedule and maybe can come in at 4 30 or 5. Um, so we have about 50 weekly volunteers, which is a lot. Mm-hmm. A lot of people who are consistently showing up and pouring into the lives of students. Um, something interesting about our model is that we call them mentors, but it's a little bit different than like big brothers, big sisters, because it's small group mentoring in a classroom. So if you're a mentor, every time you show up at common good, you would be in the same classroom with the same group of probably 12 students working along the same volunteers. And so that's really special because you're building relationships with a small group of people, but you're not paired just one-on-one with a student. Uh, So you get to kind of be in that class and then it's led by a staff member who kind of provides consistency for the class day-to-day as volunteers might be different on Monday to Tuesday. um, And they can kind of provide some stability and support to the volunteers.
1: And you've now been doing this long enough that you're seeing kids start really young, and uh, they're going through the whole program all the way into college. Yes. And uh, I'm just amazed by the beautiful stories of success that you all have had with these, these young people. Because you really have seen life transformation. Mm -hmm. What are some of those success stories?
0: Well, we had um, a couple of success stories kind of come to fruition this past Saturday that I want to share with you about. So as you know, we do college readiness and we now have 13 students who are in college and we have seven college graduates. Well, this past Saturday, we had a first, we had our first uh, two students graduate with their master's degrees. Oh, wow! So that wow. was so beautiful. They yes. both graduated from UK. Um, Steve got a master in architecture and Michaela got a master in social work. And they, we were at the same ceremony celebrating both of them. So that's really special. And so just to see, you know, the hard work both of them put in from the time they were in high school, you know, through their undergraduate degree, kind of through their master's, just uh the life transformation for them and also for their families and the doors that will open to them, you know, in terms of finding a job um, that they're passionate about, but also one that will pay the bills and allow them to be financially independent. It's just exciting to be a part of. Um, So that's one success story that we're going to kind of be, I think, living in for a couple weeks or months. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, socioeconomically too, I think about this with common good. A lot of folks would look at that area of the city and think, you know, because of the challenges socioeconomically in that community, that these kids can only kind of go so far in in a current society because you do also deal with some pretty difficult family issues and and just lots of things that people deal with. Mm -hmm. And you do it with such grace and, and you do it like Jesus, in my opinion. But you you all really mine for the gold in these kids. And there's so much there mm-hmm. that were it not for a ministry like Common Good, they really could just kind of fall by the wayside in between the cracks. Is that what you see in your work work there?
0: Yeah, I think you know, I, I think my um way of kind of seeing what the breakdown is and why students can't kind of reach a dream or why they can't kind of attain things they want for their life has probably changed in the last 10 years. Kind of the way that I saw it when we first started is probably different than the way I see it now. And I think the biggest change in my mind is that I just see the biggest thing that separates our kids from any other kids is lack of opportunity. Yes. You know, and and when folks see, yeah, there are challenges and kids might not be able to attain the things they want. That's true. Um, there's a lack of resources. Um, sometimes there's a lack of knowledge of systems. You know, how does college work? How do scholarships work? You know, why is the FAFSA important? Those are conversations that we're having with students and their parents. Um, because if that's not a system you've navigated before, it's really hard to figure it out in real time. And to be successful. Um, You kind of don't get a, you know, a do over if you kind of mess up one year, a lot of kids are like, well, if it didn't work out for me this year, it's not going to work out for me at all. Um, It's hard to be kind of confident uh, navigating those systems without help without someone who's been there before. So that kind of access just to knowledge and connections and resources, that part's really important. Um, But we're also finding just making sure that there aren't financial barriers. That's really important to to college success. Um, There are other barriers to being successful as a first-generation college student or a college student that has a lot of kind of economic barriers, but just being able to pay for it, um, being able to have, you know, your your meals covered so that you're not having to work a ton while you're also in school, um, that's important. Sometimes for kids, it's really important that they live on campus because maybe at home, there's a lot of responsibilities and they can't really juggle, you know, helping raise younger siblings and also kind of being a full-time college student, a first-generation college student, no less, So what we're seeing is that that's one of the biggest barriers, but then also long-term commitment. You know, when we first started doing college readiness work, my goal was to get kids to college. And I found, you know what, in some ways, that's not quite as hard as I thought it would be. But what was hard was them being successful once they got there. That was much harder. And, you know, you can see that if you look at statistics of first-generation college students um, who get to college but then don't graduate. And then they may have tons of college debt they're kind of saddled with, and they don't have a degree. And then they're not having access to opportunities that a degree would afford them. So what we're seeing is that we need to make sure that they are able to, you know, go to college without having to take tons of debt on. And then also that when they're there, when they encounter other barriers outside of financial barriers, that somebody's there to encourage them. Um, to help them find the right person to talk to, to access, you know, mental health services, um, you know, just to really dig in when a problem gets challenging. So that's really important. You know, young adults need mentoring just as much as a kindergartner or a sixth grader or a 10th grader. It looks different, but we all need that. We're not just fully formed individuals that are ready to succeed at 18. We still need people kind of walking alongside of us, helping us figure it out. So two things I'm really excited about, we've done in the last couple of years is one, we have allocated um, significant resources to scholarships. So we've always done that on a small scale, but we're doing it on a bigger scale now. So last year, we actually gave out $70,000 worth of scholarships wow. to our yeah. students, yeah. which makes, you know, many of our students get institutional aid. They get, some of them get money from FAFSA. Some of them get outside scholarships. So many of them actually pull in a lot of scholarships, but it doesn't always equal what they need. And so, you know, us kind of investing this money in our young people that we've walked with for so long is a way to say we believe in you and we want to see you succeed. We don't want the economics to be a barrier for you or your family. And it also gives them a clean start when they graduate to not have all that debt. Some of our students, because they're undocumented, aren't able to get government help or to take out loans. And so for them, it's really if they don't get that scholarship somewhere else, they're not going at all. Um, so kind of depending on the situation, that can be really important to students. And then also this past September, I don't know if you know this, we launched our PATH program. We hired a full-time staff member to focus just on our graduates. Correct. So that includes college yeah. students, uh, master students, students who kind of choose another route and are in the workforce or doing something else in the world. And so this person, um, Mentors are young adults, and we now have uh, in a couple weeks when we have our seniors graduate, we're going to have 32 graduates that we're kind of walking alongside. And so that's so beautiful to watch, even just what their needs are that we're discovering along the way. You know, we've really worked hard to help them stay connected to Common Good over the years, but now we're working hard um, to continue to invest in them and help them be successful.
1: Yeah, and you know, I'm really glad that you mentioned the systemic challenges that these families are up against because what at first glance, it, it may seem that Common Good is a ministry for kids. Mm-hmm. But you really, over the years, have become a ministry to these families yeah. and just helping them navigate the, the systems that often are created to keep them sidelined. Can you say a little bit about that?
0: Yeah, I mean, that's absolutely true. You know, when we first started Common Good, I remember thinking, you know, kind of Fayette County's motto is it's all about kids. And I remember thinking when we started Common Good, that, that that felt very true to me, like it's all about kids. But the longer we've done this work, I realized, no, it's all about the
1: Certain families,
0: kids. you yeah. know? Yeah. yeah, it's all yeah. about like the whole family. Um, If we just kind of focus on a kid, we can make some impact, but that kid is a part of a family. Yes. They're part yes. of a unit. And if we don't properly love that family, bring that family in, be accessible to that family – You know, our impact is so much smaller. Um, And so that's been a mindset shift for me personally as a leader. And it's also been a mindset shift for us kind of organizationally. Um, A little over a year ago, we were kind of revisiting uh, as an organization our mission And much of our mission, and we kind of formed those words and those ideas early on, even before we had programs, and that still felt true to us, but it also felt bigger than that. I feel like our mission was a little bit smaller um, than what God had intended for common good. And so we updated that language, and our mission now is that we're dedicated to whole families, and we create a safe place uh, for our community to know love. And that rings really true for me, because that is who we're dedicated to, the whole family, and making sure that mom and dad and grandma parents and whoever's in the house, siblings, that they're all a part of it. Um, and that's the way things are intended to be, you know, not just an isolated investing in one individual, but that we're investing in that individual, that family, that neighborhood. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. Well, you do, your lifeblood is volunteers and you do that ministry with a really strong group of people who are dedicated. Mm -hmm. And so I'm hoping that there are folks listening today who not only would like to volunteer for Common Good, but support you in some ways. Um, What are some ways they can get involved in doing just that?
0: That's a great question. So we have our summer program coming up, and it's going to start mid-June and go through the end of July. It's a six-week program, and it's uh, runs Monday through Thursday from 1 to 5 p.m. So we're looking for mentors to kind of commit to one day a week for that six weeks to get to know students, um, to have fun in the summer. The summertime at Common Good is the best time of year by far. There's no homework. Kids love it. There's less stress in their lives because they don't have to get up early. You know, they just kind of can roll out of bed, Come to Common Good at 1. We have a hot meal waiting on them. So hanging out with students in the summer kindergarten to 12th grade, you can kind of choose your age group would be great. And we love to have volunteers from Centenary because you all are are a partner. And so it's great to have folks here also investing in our work and kind of knowing what's going on. So that's one way. Another way is that you can sponsor a student for the summer program. Um, People may not know this, but our programs aren't free. We do ask for an investment from families. They pay $10 per child for the summer, but that does not cover (laughs) the cost of a six-week summer program. You know, we're going on field trips. We're going on college visits. We have great curriculum. And great staff. So, we have to supplement that cost by getting sponsors. So, that's a great way um, to make sure that a student can participate in the program and have meaningful activities and fun activities to do this summer. But there's also lots of other ways to get involved at Common Good. You know, people may have a unique connection or they may have a business, um, you know, that could somehow, you know, support Common Good or they may have an internship that a graduate of ours could participate in. You know, I find that people often. Um, when we kind of get together and put our heads together, we can be so creative about how we, you know people can get involved at Common Good. So we're also just open to that, just emailing us and saying, I don't know how I can get involved. I can't mentor maybe, or maybe I can't sponsor a student, but I feel like there's something I can do. We'll help you figure it out. Um, if we talk long enough, we'll find a way that you can benefit our young people in our neighborhood. So we love those emails and calls and we're really open to that.
1: And churches and businesses mm-hmm. can directly partner with you. Absolutely. Like you said. So what 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 is what would that look like for you, you know, it's some so there's some obvious things about partnering with churches. But what would it look like for a business to partner with Common Good?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. We have been exploring that a lot more in the last couple years. So one way is you can be a corporate sponsor of an event like our walk, Um, that's going to be in June. And so folks can kind of be a corporate sponsor. And that's also a fundraiser for the summer program. Um, So that's a way that we can connect. Um, It depending on the business, you know, we could develop a relationship, we could come, you know, learn about your business, what you do, students could learn about your profession, um, because we're always trying to expose students to another possibility for their life. So we have folks come to our space and talk about their work or business. We have um, field trips where we take to go visit a business to learn about a profession or an industry. Um, There's lots of ways people can, you know, donate items to us that might benefit us. They can come visit us just to learn from us. Um, sometimes folks just want to come and see what we're doing to be inspired. And so we always want to open our doors to that right. too. So yeah, we'd love for y'all to come down.
1: What are, What's a way they can contact you?
0: That's a good question. You can contact us through our website. That's an easy way. Um, CommonGoodLex.org. Or you can also contact us at con- contact at CommonGoodLex.
1: Okay. Yeah. CommonGoodLex.org. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's great. Well, Laura, I'm just really excited about not only what you're doing now in the community of Lexington, the city of Lexington, but I'm really excited about what the future could hold for this. What What are some of your goals and visions for the future?
0: Oh, that's such a good question. You asked me that on the right year <laughs> because sometimes I'm so bogged down in the ministry that we're doing and kind of what's in front of me that it can be hard to vision. I don't know if you've experienced that in your work, I have. but sometimes you've got you know so, much, so many plates spinning um, that it's hard to kind of look up and see where God might be leading. But this is a special year because it is our celebration of 10 years. And so I've really felt God prompting me to say, if you're not going to look up now <laughs> to the future, like, when are you going to do it? So I've been creating a lot of time for that. And um, we as a team... Um, staff, board, students, graduates actually have been meeting the last three months to determine where are we headed next. And I think um, what I can tell you is that it's going to be more holistic than it's already been. You know, we ha- we're we doing holistic ministry, but we're not doing it perfectly and there's ways we can improve. So I think one thing in particular is that we want to better invest in our parents. A lot of the access um, and resources and opportunities we work really hard for students to have and graduates, we want parents to start having some of that. You know, they're, they're interested. And how they can continue to grow. How can they pursue education? How can they um, navigate complicated systems, you know, that maybe keep them um, down? How how do they, you know, kind of change the course of their life if it's gotten off track? So I'm really excited about that. Um, Another area I think will grow is with our social enterprise, which I haven't mentioned yet, the Goods. We have an arts-based social enterprise where we make handmade ceramics, We employ our older students and our graduates, and hopefully in the coming years, some parents. And so that is a real area for growth for us. We're now doing mentoring through employment and through fair wage employment. So that's opened up a lot of new opportunities to see students grow in both their creativity, but also their understanding of how a business runs, how to work with customers, um, all those sorts of things. So I think our investment in parents and our social enterprise are are kind of where we're headed uh, in the next few years.
1: And all of that information that you just mentioned, they can find – some things about that at the
0: website. Absolutely, as well, right? yeah. If you go to our yeah. Common Good website, you'll find a link to go to Matchstick's website. You can purchase some beautiful products. We just launched um, on Cinco de Mayo a, to- a tortilla warmer. Um, which is just beautiful. Uh, one of our students and graduates designed that together. That's handmade. Um, it's really beautiful. So that's exciting. If you don't make tortillas, you can also use it for pancakes <laughs> to keep them warm. Yeah. You can use it just to store other food that's not hot, like cookies or anything else. So you should totally check that out.
1: That's great. That's great. Well, Laura, thank you so much for being with us. It's always a pleasure to be in your company, and especially when I get to hear about Common Good and get updated about that. And uh, we'll be praying for common good for sure, and hopefully send some folks your way to to help take this thing to the next level. Because so I, I think to it's going be together. Of, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it's commongoodlex.org. Take a look at the website and uh, give them a call. You will be blessed. I, I would predict you'd be changed if you would give some time and effort to helping Common Good do the work that they've been called to do. It's a ministry in the city of Lexington that is being Christ to this community and in some pretty great ways. Again, thanks for listening. Thanks again to our podcast community. Keep listening, keep praying, and keep the faith live it out faith and the 21st century is a production of centenary church in lexington kentucky join lead pastor james williams each week as we engage christian leaders around the world be sure to subscribe today and leave a review of our podcast to connect with us further visit our website at lexchurch.com thank you for listening and we look forward to joining you next week until then love one another and live it out